Welcome. I'm your host, Alex Avila, founder of College Korean Beyond, also known as CAB, where our listeners go on a journey and hear stories about academic, economic, political, social struggles, and or advancements in today's world. Stay tuned and plugged with CAB. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another College Career and Beyond podcast. And I have here an honor and an amazing gentleman here uh, who we were actually, uh, and still are, co-workers um, at our school site, Charter School, where uh, he came and brought his expertise around culinary arts. And he actually changed a lot of lives on that campus because a lot of students couldn't see themselves as entrepreneurs or chefs or, you know, even see themselves going to college. It was a high school we were at. And um, his presence on the campus not only transformed the students, but also gave us a lot of ideas of how to look at entrepreneurship and innovation um, in the 21st century. And here's a guy who's been in the field and and, in the work of of his profession for years, decades. And... um, it's an honor to be in his presence, and his knowledge is something that we all should be definitely uh, listening to, because a lot of people I know want to start businesses, especially around either bakery or, or cooking or starting a, a restaurant, and you don't have any access or information to people who actually are expertise in that. And here's a guy who's actually on on uh, on this campus and other campuses uh, who not only instill the idea of entrepreneurship, he's training new entrepreneurs. The new business uh, moguls will be coming out of his region, and he's one of the uh, the directors of that and supporters of that. And he's I literally was leaving a, a location where he's a partner with Starbucks. Um, uh, and actually working with students to you know set them up to learn how to establish their own cafe and run their own business. And so uh, I'm going to let him do the talking, but I just want to honor again and thank a uh, big, 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 big uh, shout out to, to Glenn Smith and, uh, and to being here and um, joining us and sharing information on how to move forward and starting your business, what to look for, and what are some of those uh, challenges uh, to be aware of. So thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, like... <laughs> <laughs> How did you start? You know, um, first of all, thank you for having me. It's, a, it's definitely an honor to share what I know to other people, and I think it's just a gift that should be always shared and not hoarded. But um, I, in the culinary world, if you talk to anyone from, I mean, Gordon Ramsay to uh, um, your current chefs going on right now they'll tell you it started from home of course my mom actually it wasn't my mom it was my uncles who were chefs in other places and I admired what they were doing and then came to home cooking and then I decided I thought I wanted to be a DJ that's what I thought I wanted to do but um, fate had its way to turn me around my first job was washing dishes in the English pub and that's when I started learning about English food bubble and squeak steak and kidney pie never heard of that thing you talk about a black kid coming out of New York going to Georgia learning about English food it was just it was exciting I will say it was exciting and then once I had the opportunity to go to school I started at a trade school in Atlanta but then Hugo kind of rearranged me to where as I had to take care of some family matters and then end up where I met my wife. And then I came here and I started my culinary career here. Um, 
And through trials and errors and then mistakes, you know, I persevered and I got my degree in culinary at the Art Institute before they all closed down. And I had the opportunity here to, I was a resident chef at the church I was attending. And then the opportunity came where they needed an instructor. From that point on, I took the, the challenge of helping my director build the program with the students that we have currently. And, and again, you know, like you said, you know, my, my goal is to teach future entrepreneurs how to really run their business correctly. And I think we get caught up in the hype of, I own a restaurant, but you, can you sustain it? You know, right. I want you to be, you know, when I put the number 8515 or 8713 up, it's not the fact that uh, it's, it's it's the success. It's showing you the rate that the 85 and the 87 is the failures and the 15 and 13 is the success. So you're talking about a ratio that is so lopsided because of holes that either were not taught or ignored. Right. And when that happens, you know, yeah, business works. But if it's in the wrong position, it doesn't. And I've seen businesses, good black business, I mean award-winning businesses, but it's in the wrong place. Right. And then within 18 months, it's closed down. Why is that so? Well, we, we don't do enough homework. And we don't ask for enough money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, then we have to kind of look at what's, what, what happens in the, in, in the community. Will it be, is it feasible, you know? And how far are we from what we call the true competition or the true money? Meaning that, you know, how far are we from major spots like, uh, you know, like Disneyland, or Six Flags, or the beach? I right. mean, you know, right. you got to give yourself a five to ten mile radius to say this will be convenient for those that will want to go to the beach. There'll be a spot before they hit the beach or coming from the beach, and you got to think ten miles out, yeah. not always. You know, within the mile, because within that mile, then your rent is very expensive. But if you start looking 10 miles out, you'd be surprised how you can actually save money rent-wise per square foot mm-hmm. because it's not in the mainstream. And that's something that we, we need to learn more about real estate. We need to learn more about how do you budget? How do you, you know, for, and especially in catering, you know, it's like... People think every time someone gives me $5,000 that I have the whole 5000 No, we have to educate that about 60% of it. I have to get the supplies. Right, right. right. And I still have to pay people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, your profit is maybe, if you, if you do it well, 25 to 28% of the whole thing. Wow. Maybe. Most times it's down to 20 but that's okay if you're doing a good job because in time as you do more um, jobs, it'll come. So I always tell people, stop thinking about the money portion. Make your product worth the money. Right, right, right. See, and then we, we have, I gotta make the money. No, make your product money worthy. Yeah, so you know, one of the things that you talked about um, earlier before we got on this podcast, um, um, you know, because you just talked about location, 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 yes. and how that's primary and that's important. Um, the other element you talked about is, you know, which is true, a lot of people don't know business. You yeah. know, they don't understand business. And you just mentioned something about real estate. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny because people look at McDonald's, people may not realize it started as a, 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 a kind of like this food service, but then it became a real estate giant. Yes. And that was because they understood location, location, location. And so their primary income at some point was 
real estate. And then they partnered with these other entities and created the, you know, the market they have now and their franchise. And that's how they were able to build McDonald's. I think McDonald's is always, and people may not want to give them credit for a lot of things, but McDonald's is always going to be kind of the blueprint of how do you take a billion dollar business, sustain it, and not necessarily have to own all of it? There you go. That's okay. Great concept. Yeah, because everybody thinks it was all my money, but no, you have to break uh, a lot of that in the manufacturing. And we're not here to promote McDonald's. We're just saying that. Yeah, that's an that, example. That's an example. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, talking about these businesses, you know, um, there was this uh, Jamaican restaurant. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but it's Stone and Chins. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, they had a Jamaican spot. Uh, down here, I'm in California for my listeners in New York, uh, Florida, and Chicago, and throughout. Um, and listeners in California, uh, we're talking about Southern California, San Bernardino. There was this Jamaican spot uh, called Stone and Chins, and they were amazing. They've been around for decades. Uh, and I'm from New York, too, as well. Um, Next two of us. The Bronx. And, uh, you know, so I love Jamaican. Okay, shout out to Queens. <laughs> shout out to Queens. And I love Jamaican food. And it's... If, you know, if you want to diversify your palate, you got to try some Jamaican food. Um, but yeah, those, they were around for years, and that was my go-to spot at least once a month. And I remember um, telling the owners, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to come by and support your business, you know, because I do a marketing. I have, I'm part of a marketing firm called Young Leaders, and our marketing firm does, you know, uh, video, messaging, social media, you name it, they do it. And I bought... Um, a barbecue plate, rice, beans, the plantings, you name it. I bought the works. And then six months later, I went to go visit, and they were no longer, they were gone because mm-hmm. of what happened with COVID. Um, their business shut down, and uh, they couldn't get traction because they weren't visible online. And we're in a different market now. We're like in a different, uh, and shout out to Nelio uh, Juntos Podemos, who's uh, also supporting this uh, podcast. Uh, so let's start with the vaccine. Did you get the vaccine? I did. Me and my wife, actually my whole family. Uh, me and my wife had the Madeira, and okay. my daughters had uh, Pfizer. So okay. we were okay. And then I talked to my parents in New York, and they they also had the Pfizer vaccine. So we're, we're fine with that. And, you know, for those that think that it doesn't happen or the virus is a joke or it's not real, well, let's talk about the means of people that loved ones gone. Right. Ask them that question. Right. You know, it's, it's hard to, we can't control certain things. I mean, if you think about it for a second, you know, every new disease has this paranoia fear mm-hmm. and we're going to be like this honestly until the next phase and guess what this will phase out too right and it's not to poke holes or anything I mean we did the same thing with um, swine flu we did the same thing with AIDS I mean it, there's, they're all still here right Right. But it's just a society because we have another thing coming. Right. And we just have to continue to educate ourselves and say what's the best way to keep ourselves safe now People that don't want to believe it, I, I, that's their prerogative. Right, right, right. But, you know, I, I, like, I have to say, because half my other family is all in medicine, nurses, okay. dietitians, you know, and then, you know, you have to just deal with what's best for you, mm-hmm. you know, and then what do you think is going to help um, in the long run? 
we, we, we're too caught up in the paranoia of things. Right. And sometimes the media plays a, a wicked part in that that mm -hmm. keeps us separated. And, and I'm not saying that just for here. I'm just talking about in general in life as far as human beings. Media has a, a wicked way of keeping us um, divided. Yeah, and they, we're definitely divided now and just trying to bring some sanity to folks. I remember uh, when I caught COVID, you know, I thought I can just shake it off and I thought it was all propaganda and conspiracy. But let me tell you, it took me two months and some change to recover. See? And I got, I said, everybody, please get vaccinated because right. especially for my family, I, I, we have high blood pressure, hyper, you know, you name it. Right. It's a whole list of issues that we have outside of COVID. Um, and to catch COVID, the survival rate, I, I can't even imagine. You know, we lost four family members that, you know, we knew of. And um, it was like, just get the vaccine, especially if you know you're not in shape. And, you know, you, you know I mean, I got hyper, you know, I got the symptoms, you know, the accepted diabetes. My mom has diabetes, I believe. And some of my, you know, but anyway, I can name the list. And we're not the most uh, resilient when it comes to viruses and things of that nature. So get the vaccine. Stop playing. But see, it's not even just that. It's just that the fact that even if you get the vaccine, it's outside your home right you know I mean you know you can have your whole block vaccinated mm -hmm. but then two miles out no one is right so right. You, you, you're in the midst of a crowd of people that you know unless you have x-ray vision you will never know you'll so never know yeah we have to go on the fact that we did our part there you go that's to, to be safe there now to roll that into the business section of restaurants this is something that has um, affected something like this a long time ago. When I first started, I was getting ready to start my business, and I was ready to open up my first, um, I did my first catering, and I was going to get my first big shot at a wedding. Well, the first hurdle was, um, it was the Rodney King. Wow. And, and at the time, the majority of my clientele was... Caucasian, mm. and the next day, it just dropped. All my orders dropped, 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 dropped. And back then, that's when we had a um, answering machine, and I just beep, beep, beep. All and just dropped. It really? took me four years to recover wow. off that. Okay, and just as I get ready to start the next one, then it was OJ oh. again. <laughs> I got knocked down before I start to open a business. Right. And that took a toll, you know. We got to keep in mind that anytime that something happens into any um, culture, the whole culture gets punished for it. Right, right. Okay, so whether it was just one or two people, the whole culture is punished for everything. Right. And then, you know, just as I got, and I, I, I kid you not, I remember exactly where I was when the OG verdict, I was running a restaurant, um, uh, was a a Baker Square, believe it or not. And then when I heard the verdict, I literally leaned against the wall knowing that I was going to get hang-up calls from all the, the um, customers I had lined up. Again, shut down, shut wow. down. And when you say Baker shut. Square, where's that located? Well, the Baker Squares, they were all located, in, excuse me, in California. Okay, okay. A bakery restaurants, kind of like uh, for people that know JoJo's, that's what's usually in Texas and all that. Right. Uh, it was a family restaurant, but in, here in California, it's Baker Square and it's a pie restaurant. But at the time, like I said, I, I lumped to the side of the wall knowing that I was going to get wow. canceled. Wow. And canceled. Okay, moving forward again, 
I finished culinary school, you know, I'm getting ready to look for our location to do my spot. And honestly, and this is the truth, I, I procrastinated. And I didn't know why I was procrastinating. But I'm glad I did because just as that happened, then the housing market crashed. Oh, I remember <laughs> so, that. 2006, and then everybody was losing their homes like yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, and then um, fellow um, culinarians and people that were opening up their restaurants, you know, because we was small in that group, they were lo- because they were open, and I was like one of the last ones at the tail end. But they were now losing, going in debt, going mm-hmm. in bankruptcy because yeah. this wave that came, and no one was saw this coming. Right. And then now they're in the hole. Right. And now we're moving, uh, I think, about 12, 13 years in front. Now we have COVID. Right. And it's happening again. Yeah. Whereas business is not thinking about, well, you know, we're not thinking about just a cold now. We're talking about this is actually hitting us to the point where we literally have to shut it down. We right. really have to look at how do we open. And we, I mean, I mean, restaurants were very creative. God bless them all. And, I mean, everywhere from putting tents on the streets to... Um, maybe um, getting more land in the parking lot so they can convert the parking lot into an outdoor promenade. So there's always going to be something in the field. Okay. As restaurateurs, we, you know, we had to start looking at how can we do certain things or circumvent to where we can make it flexible in case of. Right. And honestly, there's still restaurants that still are thinking that same way, so they're not changing. They're not changing how they're doing business, whereas you know, so many people still come in. It may not be long lines, but they're, they're, they're pacing the flow of what comes into their restaurants. And if they're not pacing the flow of that, they're actually minimizing the seating amounts, so that way you don't have a lot of seats. Right. So when you start looking at how do you sustain a business or a restaurant with what you have, uh, I mean, the only businesses that I saw that that didn't flinch, literally, except for one day, was In and Out. Right, and, those, and, and, and for those that don't know In and Out, it's it's kind of like the um, crystals on the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, uh, more like um, not White Castle because I miss you guys in New York and White Castle, but it's still <laughs> it's it's still a basic concept. I believe the concept is just burgers, fries, shakes, and that's it. Yeah. And their drive-through stay it stays packed now. It it's only stopped one day, wow. one day that I know. Actually, two days. And for 9/11 those, yeah. and uh, and, wow. and, and the COVID. Those are the only two days it actually stopped. And, and for those in New York who can't picture this, the, the to a line just to be in line. You're talking about easily on a good day, 30, 40 minutes. Yes. On a good day, regularly lines can go an hour because. The, the, the cars be wrapped around blocks. Cars have stopped traffic. Oh, yeah. Traffic. Any, Literally, you stop yes. traffic. Anyway, you, yeah. Any in and out you go to, you would, you'll be lucky if there's at least 15 people in front of you. You'll yes. just be lucky. So, um, yeah, for those in New York, and, and for those who don't understand in New York, this, this is California. Everything's spread out. Right. So it's not like New York, everything is crowded and condensed. We're talking about everything spread out. So you're not supposed to see that kind of uh, traffic Every day, because yeah. they have it every day. <laughs> every day, yes, yeah, every, every day. But 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 if you think about their concept, one is simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a debt-free company, first of all. So let's, let's be very clear about that. Still, one owner, which is the granddaughter. I never knew company. that. Debt-free. Oh wow. Debt-free. 
one of the few debt-free restaurants next to Hometown Buffet, which is also a debt-free restaurant. Didn't uh, know company. that either. Okay. Out of Minnesota, shout out to them too. But the fact is, certain menus you have to, if you adjust it, you can still sustain it and keep the crowd going. Mm. Um, for those that in my realm that wants to be more creative, more of a higher fine dining, it, it takes a little bit more work. Okay. I'm not saying you cannot do it, but it's going to be real creative and you're going to have to pace and kind of adjust your seating arrangements to whereas you could still have a decent flow without um, losing your shirt in rental space, mm-hmm. staffing and materials as well as food. But right now, we're having a hard time all over, regardless where it is with food, with pork, bean, and chicken. Chicken right now is in a bad place. It's hard to get certain things, even regular wings. Really? So it's hard Wait, to get chicken? It's hard to get chicken. Chicken should be one of the easiest. We're 10 to 1 on chickens in the world. I mean, as far as, you know, chickens to people, where yeah. we shouldn't even be running out. But it's getting hard to, to maybe get chicken um, processed. Wow. And pork is now almost taking the place of certain cuts of beef. And so, you know, when you start looking at that, everybody is taking advantage of the threat. And that's the other sad part. Mm. I mean, you know, what broke my heart was when Lysol was being sold for $30 a can. I, it just Lysol was $30 Lysol, a can. Lysol, like Lysol. the spray yes. to disinfect. Yes, because of the COVID. It, so we have this fear. And, you know, manufacturers, purveyors, they took it, you know, they jumped on it. And I understand you want to make money, but you got to the point where it's now people have to ration. That's why people went out so crazy to buy, tried to buy the whole store at one time. You know, you just said something that, I mean, you're just, you're teaching me right now. This is a learning session right now because I'll be, I'm realizing that. Food is expensive. Yes. Like, <laughs> we went to the grocery to just go buy, and I don't know how people, I don't know, y'all let me know, the, uh, for those into the podcast, you know, you can submit your comments, uh, uh, and whether you're listening to um, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, you name it, um, yeah, uh, go to Avalon Productions and send your comments there, but look, I went to go get some groceries, mm-hmm. and I think I might have got one bag. But it was a hundred dollars. I'm like, yo, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And I didn't even have food. I think I had one bag of chicken, and everything else was like your regular. I'm like, am I missing something? Yeah. Is is food going to be expensive for like ever now? Yeah, it is. I mean, it is, and it's not to scare people, but you got to understand that with the processing of uh, as well, as far as in the food segment, you know. A lot of things happen. And now, keep in mind, anything that happens on one side of the country affects the other side later on. So if, like here in California, we have a lot of fires. Yeah. Which affects a lot of the growth, which is avocados, oranges. Oh. Okay. And that then, affects the entire country. Right. Because guess what? On the other side, they have the frost. So you got the Georgia with the peaches and you got Florida. When that affects, guess what? The cost goes up. Mm. And then if the crops don't do well... In other parts um, of the country, potatoes right now is still about the only reasonable thing. But even then, you have to be careful with that. So you know, a lot of thing, a lot of natural disasters are causing things to go up. So the environment, yes, can shift what we eat, how we live, Easy. and then in, y'all, fit, y'all see it immediately in the in the food sector, right? Because mm-hmm. that's where the first impact really is. It, it is it. You. I think it's gas and food. 
Well, yeah, it was, gas will definitely. Let's not talk about gas. Gas is just ridiculous. Yeah. But, but gas only affects it in California, New York, <laughs> more okay. so than right, the right, other right, states. Right, 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 so, right. but it does point, have a point. it does have effect. But it's always going to be food, and food will come up on you really fast. Yeah, it starts off small, but within a week or two, it, it jumps. Okay, I mean, chicken used to be something that you can buy easily at three, four bucks. Now you buy a chicken, it's ten dollars. So yeah. over the course of eighteen months, it has tripled in its price. Wow. Okay, we're, and we're talking about you know two, two and a half, three pound chicken. That's not a big chicken, but it's triple in price, which makes us as consumers think about how we had to shop now. How can we buy things? And, and I don't want people to think, okay, well, I guess I'll be a, a doomsday prepper. I don't, I'm not saying that, but if you're just trying to have a, a consistent, you know, um, grocery. Um, shopping list that you can, you know, stay within your pricing. It's hard because it's not that the um, the foods change; is they just change the price. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm gonna go back to to people that love Twinkies when Twinkies closed. Okay, because they wouldn't pay their people one dollar more an hour. They went on strike. Now they shut it down. Then they reopened a couple months later. They cut the Twinkie down by a half an inch. And I don't know if anyone knows this. <laughs> I look at things like that. It's like, hold up, you cut the Twinkie down a half an inch? And I know I'm, some people know that. I didn't know that. I wasn't even paying. Wow. A lot of things happen. If you look at potato chips, you look at cereal, and if you go back maybe five years, you could see that it's gone from six to a solid 16 pound by weight mm-hmm. to now between 12 to 14 ounces I mean, I'm noticing light back the bags yeah. are coming back you know what me and my wife went to um, uh, BJ's okay uh, no Cheesecake Factory okay and right. we always get this dish um, I want to say the dish is uh, orange chicken okay with the rice mm-hmm. and it, the proportions used to we could, it took two days for us to eat Right. One of those dishes. So we went out to San Diego. We was on vacay. Um, and it was the craziest thing. We went to BJ's order. It took an hour for us to get the order. But then when we got the order, we ate the whole food in like 30 minutes. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, we never eat. <laughs> that quick. <laughs> never. And we always have leftovers. We, we were still hungry. Yeah. I was like, and the price went up. Yes. So we're paying more for food. And not only we're paying more for food, less for quantity. Less quantity. Yes. Because me and my wife, just when we celebrated our anniversary, we went to Cheesecake Factory. Okay. Actually, we bought the cheesecake and took it home. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we were being very conscious of when to go, because I won't say we don't go out. We just go out when it's less crowded. Right, 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 right. So, you know, I went in the middle of the day. I went to Cheesecake Factory, place to order. And we got to ours is the. the the, what they call jambalaya, but whatever it is. But we had it with the pasta. We both had two cheesecakes. We both had the little um, spring rolls. And it was $109. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, but, and like, but like you said, you got to keep in mind, in, in, in the food industry, in order to sustain, two things either have to happen. You cut down the amount or you cut down on manpower. Mm. And sometimes you have to do both. Okay. And that's why, you know, when you sustain, you have to really think about, for those that want to be chefs or restaurateurs, you really have to think about how you're going to make your 
portion size stay consistent to where it's worth the value of what you're buying. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so that's that's the, the game plan right there, and you have to pay attention to what's going on and the trend. Because right. keep in mind, you know, the circle, the, the flow of food goes from the, the farmer to the buyer to the distributor to the store to us and then there's a whole bunch of people in between that has to get paid so guess what either they're raising their prices because they want more or they have the right to raise their prices because the less manpower I mean if you think about what just happened um, just over a couple months ago a lot of people couldn't get their refrigerator like buying even us new refrigerators freezers cars because of chip. the chip yeah computers yeah yeah it's coming from another country so mm-hmm. guess what now you're saying that oh yeah I'll get a refrigerator but it's a it's a three week or two month or six month wait before you can yeah. get you know so everything is now automated which becomes to me a detriment because now you're held hostage to a chip yeah. Okay. Don't get. I don't want to sound like a mountain man, but we get, we're too we're too um, uh, dependent dependent on, on yeah. electricity. Yeah. To the point where it's, we don't do anything without something that is electrical. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. That now. And, and, will and, you think there'll ever be a moment where there'd be solar powered kitchen? Um. They may. I mean, they're, they're working on it. But during the trend, there's a lot of trends right now that's going to be. I won't say just solar power, but definitely mechanical. Whereas there's kitchens, especially if you look at the trends in Japan. Saw a couple in Detroit where they have automated kitchen that will fix your food from beginning to end, and then it Wait, comes. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, hold on, Bob, That he just threw me off course. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is good. So look, we have to bring you back for part two. Um, uh, so let people know how they can get a hold of you or what are you promoting, um, and just let them know the opportunities that are out there right now. So I'm not really promoting. Right now I am a, um, I'm a chef instructor here at the Art Institute in San Bernardino, California. And one of the things I teach, one of the courses I teach, I do teach food management. I do teach purchasing and cost control, which is very essential to the food industry. I mean, the, the cooking of the food is great. Plating is great, but you had to know it's a still a business, and you had to know how to run that business. Um, I do have a um, Instagram, which is Chef Foodie and Friends, and that site is showing a lot of works that I have for myself, from students, from other people, because it's not just about me showing my work. I'm showing work from other people, be it from the professionals to the novice. That's why I created this, because I want everybody to be a part of it, to make a comment, a suggestion, or even be inspired by some of the stuff that they see on the Instagram. So that way, if they're interested, yes, they can contact me at ChefFoodieFriends.com, uh, which I do have the site, or they can call, um, contact me by Glenn Smith 727 at gmail.com if they wish to correspond with me. So that way, if they, they're interested, I'll be more than happy to talk to them, work with them, and show them how to start their business, show them what they need to look for, and even with recipes. You know, uh, recipes are meant to be shared, not kept. You right, know, And right, then, right. so for those that are starting out in the business and learning one basic recipes for the single person, let me know, and I'll be more than happy to give you some some um, tips and recipes to help you on your way to inspire not just yourself, but maybe that loved one that you're looking for. So there you have it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 
Glenn Smith, and he, uh, I'll have his uh, contact. Um, whenever you see this, you'll see his contact will be part of it, um, so you can uh, probably click the link. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be hyperlinked, but yeah, for those who listen on Spotify, iTunes, um, um, CastBox, and all the other platforms, uh, yeah, you'll see that contact information in the description um, below, so be able to yeah, be sure to click and support. And yeah, if you want to start a business, here's the, this the guru, this the guy who's teaching it. So uh, why not take advantage of it? So thank you again for being part of this podcast. We appreciate you, and uh, we're gonna bring him back because he said a few things. I'm still, my mind is still blown, and I can't find my brain particles because I was like, what just happened? <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll be back. Uh, thank you again. This is College Career Beyond, and we're out. Thank you for listening to Cab College Career and Beyond. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on whatever provider podcast you listen to, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and more. Continue listening to Cavs, College, Career, and Beyond, where we keep you ahead of the game and not behind the game.